Hello, and thanks for joining us. Two sharp chefs and a microphone here. I'm Lorraine Moss, chef and journalist. And I'm Louis Victor, chef and professional food photographer. We started this podcast in memory of one of the best food culture ambassadors of all time, Anthony Bourdain. In his memory, we wanted to do the right thing and build a better sense of community among cooks, chefs, restaurant workers, and food lovers here in Las Vegas and worldwide. Hey, Louis. How are you? Social distancing, of course. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> We're determined to persevere, just like everybody else in the culinary community right now. Let's go ahead and start with this podcast. Sharp quote, Lou. If you can't feed 100 people, then just feed one. That's Mother Teresa for you. Right. So... On to the positive news right now. So many people, Louie, have stepped up big time during this time of need. And one of them is our chef buddy, Mark Maroney from Graffiti Bow. What's up, Mark? What's going on? How are we doing? Yeah. Busy day for you, huh? Well, it's, yeah, it's been, uh, you know, fortunately busy. I'm not complaining at all, but yeah, it's definitely been, it's been a little hectic. It's a different, different kind of busy. So. Right. so we know that you're helping with uh, Delivering with Dignity, which yep. is a nonprofit that they started here very recently during this pandemic. Tell us a little bit about it and how you got involved. Um, so really the whole focus is, you know, in, in this transition of, of going into quarantine and having people, you know, the, the right decision was made to everyone stop what they're doing in quarantine. Unfortunately, you know, some of the 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 blowback or some of the issues that kind of popped up with that was there's people that are at risk, especially in our community in Vegas specifically, that are either at risk of being someone that's our age that has, you know, respiratory issue or illness, you're considered at risk and shouldn't go anywhere. Um, but our, our community specifically has got a high percentage of, of elder, elderly, like grandparents that, that are guardians of their grandkids. And, you know, the kids still have to eat but they're at risk and therefore the kids can't go anywhere and they should be going anywhere. So they're at home. Um, and coupled with the fact that a lot of them are in either senior homes or on assisted living or on some form of a program where, you know, they need assistance monetarily. All those things combined create a pretty big community of people that don't have access to, to food and aren't safe to go out to the, even to the grocery store. Um, so what we kind of worked with was, um, was fortunate enough with Elizabeth Blau, uh, who's been a friend of mine for a long time and, and super active in the community, um, stepped up and started pushing this program out of Honey Salt. And I reached out and I said, you know, it's great. I love what you're doing. You know, we're working, we're open still, and we're still doing curbside and takeout. Long story short, and reached out and said, all right, would you like to like to help out? And you know, now we have kind of a, a, a split duty of the four main kind of areas that, that need assistance. And we alternate daily on, on providing those meals. And then the Moon Ridge group, um, the Remunerous Foundation is the one that's kind of orchestrating and funding it along with the Elaine Wynn Family Foundation and United Way specifically is coordinating the delivery drivers and volunteers. So what happens is in the morning, you know, get my, my order the night before and we, we actually cook everything down. We chill it down. Um, we actually, actually package like three meals worth of food per person uh, cold. And then United Way shows up 1230 and they all have an assignment list and they distribute it out amongst the city and, and bring it to those people that are at risk. And, you know, our guys, you know, take a lot of pride in, you know, all the safety sanitation stuff and ensure that we're providing like safe, healthy and, and you know, good food for people that, that are stuck at home because 
you know, we all love food. Everyone that's listening to this and us hanging out here, that's what, that's where our whole life is geared around. And that's kind of what's also, you know, keeping our team going here. Like it's a lot of negativity going on everywhere you look and out of everybody's control of what's happening, but you know, an opportunity to, to, to focus on something a little positive and, and feel like we're taking care of a community that we opened was amazing the support we got from everybody so at least we could do is kind of get Dude, back that's and help them super impressive thank you yeah. so much yeah i mean it's, i don't know what else to do i'm not you know i think part of being you know the the chef nature in general is you know i'm kind of a control freak and anyone that's listening that knows me would <laughs> be surprised me you're saying it and like you know i i'm not a doctor and i'm definitely not a chemist or any or a biologist or anything like that i can't fix make medicine do that but i can cook and you know as long as i'm allowed to operate and and produce food and do what I love to do, we're going to be here to help people. I think that, you know, I can't really, I don't know the other way to go about it. <laughs> right. So chef, how are you doing? Good. I'm a little, you know, I think it's uh, it, good. I'm a little tired, but you know, plugging along. Um, it's been a, uh, you know, it's been great. And, but also at the same time, like trying to, you got to have this business survive. So when this is all over, you know, our, our team's got, got business come back to. So we're you know, running with, our main cooks, a pretty light crew. Everyone has kind of got 10 different hats on, whether it's cashiering, answering the phones, accepting orders, cooking. Um, but you know what? Like I said, it's every one of us. And, you know, I'll be candid. Like from a business perspective, a lot of people that are listening probably have restaurants or work for ones that have, that have shut down. And, you know, it's, it's such a bigger picture when it comes to the cost associated with running a business that, you know, it's not just about, being able to pay for the food, grabbing the revenue, coming the door, but paying for the team, paying for the space, you know, uh, and I think what we do every night, I'll be candid is, you know, I'm super transparent with my team and we make it through a day and I sit down and I say, here was our labor costs for today. Here's where our sales were. And, you know, we survive another day. And I think that being that transparent with the team was the only way I knew about how to go about doing this when I'll be honest with you, like that the initial gut reaction and, and I guess first simplest way to go would have been to close, but you know, I got five of my guys here that their whole life depends on this job, whether they have kids or their house or they take care of their parents. And, you know, I figured at least if anything, like you know, look them in the eye and say, we're going to give it a shot. And, you know, we've been fortunate to get a lot of support from the community on the delivery and takeout. And then, you know, being able to fold in some of this charity work kind of gives it a little bit more purpose now and gives a little more motivation to get through the day to, to ensure that we do survive and, because now there's other people relying on us, right? It's not just the guys that work here, but more importantly, now every, every, everyone in the restaurant, not that they, they don't, but let's be honest, all of us, you know, they're getting to the point where one plate doesn't get wasted, a napkin doesn't get wasted to try to make this business as efficient as possible to survive. So we can now feed the community and take care of our team. So it's kind of a, it's definitely giving a new appreciation for the business. I think for everybody. And I think everyone's getting a crash course and, and how to run a business and what it takes to do it because it's, it's really a team effort every day. And I think it's, a, listen, no one has a playbook for this. And I think that I'm doing the best I can to, to lead our guys through it. And I think the team is doing an amazing job supporting it and being a part of it. So, yeah. yeah. And Mark, uh, we know that you're also offering a 30% uh, industry discount right now, which is a big deal. I mean, we used to come visit you, a bunch of chefs yeah. late night. And uh what does it mean to you to, to, to do something like that and to be able to do something like that? And even though yeah, you know, the, we know that you're just barely getting by. Yeah. You know, I, it, it was one of those things where, you know, I worked, I mean, people don't know me. I worked on a strip for, I, I came here for work for my job. Right. I, I came here with Tower group. Um, you know, I opened 
three really big restaurants on the strip that, you know, that was my whole life was based around that. And I, you know, I worked in New York city before that, but came out here and I spent 10 years working on the strip and working with a lot of these people that in one form or another, either we work together, they work for me, I work with them or a restaurant next door and, you know, being removed from the strip, you know, and then seeing what was going on and then seeing that it really started, what everyone forgets too is that the outside looking in, they're like, Oh, you know, we're two weeks into shutdown. We'll survive. And it's like, but Vegas, you know, servers, restaurant staff, we started canceling conventions the end of January. The first set of big conventions were a bus because people were afraid to travel. Then they started canceling them. So servers and staff were not making even mediocre money. They're making no money before the shutdown. So going into once they decided to close everything, they were on week four or five of barely getting by with minimal income. And now you just took it away. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, it hurt. Like I got really upset. And I just, again, nothing I can do physically about it, but I figured I was like, listen, we're still functioning, able to get open. And at 30%, it did the math and I'll be transparent with everybody. Like, damn, 30% does the, does the math to cover the food costs, cover the labor costs to keep the lights on. And yeah. as long as my team can survive, the business stays basically even and, and people get to come eat because we're at a pretty, you know, we're fortunate. We're at a fairly low price point. So 30% off puts it at a pretty affordable meal for something that's, you know, made from quality chef driven and it's got the right approach to it. Um, it's, I figured that was the least I could do. And it started with the industry because the first thing that was hit was the casinos and everyone and everyone losing their job or getting, I even started doing it before, before they did the shutdown when people started getting shifts cut. Um, and now I'll be candid with you. Anybody that comes in, cause people call up like, well, how do I, what industry is it? I said, the fact you're asking, I'm, I'm, no questions. I put on the tab. Here, I give them the discount because, right. I mean, listen, there's people that turn it down, that I know they're in the industry and I try to give it to them that, you know, they have other sources of income and they're okay. And they say, no, save it for somebody else. And that's great. Yeah. But then when people ask, I don't care if you were at this point now with the shutdown, you could have been any industry and not have a right. job. So if you're out of work and you need something to eat, come in here, we'll give you 30% off. And then also um, when the school's closed, you know, I grew up as a kid in New York and, you know, it was common. Hey, everybody at school at some form or another got either discounted meal from the state or the school or, or it was free or you brought like 75 cents to school and you got lunch. I know it's much different now, but it's the same concept. And then, you know, they closed the schools down and there was no immediate plan for them to all get fed. Initially that was public for people to know. And people started, I, I know people that were like, Oh my God. And forget about the school paying for it. Now parents are at home or a parent has to stay home with their kid, that's a whole other meal to cook. Even if you yeah. pay for the kid to eat at school for five bucks, now you got to make food at home. It's another burden on you. It takes away from your job. So I basically rounded up. I was like, listen, I, I started to do these, these kids' bowls for like four eighty eight, dollars um, Orange chicken, tofu, whatever they want. And then, you know, we were fortunate to get, my cousin has a, a barbecue restaurant in Connecticut called Hoodoo Brown. And he basically called me up and he was like, I'm going to give you like 500 bucks, man. Uh, it, they pay for however many meals that that'll cover. Um, and it did. And you know what? We went through and we, that, we plowed through that, that 500 bucks for the kids meals. I got to say probably the first four days, which was a great feeling. And we just carried it on. Like I, we, we still aren't charging. We'll, we'll, and that's, you know, as long as I've made a commitment to everybody, as long as we're open and I'm able to serve food, kids without fail are going to eat here and they're going to eat for free as long as they need to, to get through this. And, you know, parents come through, you get your 30% off, but as long as we're able to function, you know, we're going to make sure that the community's fed and, and taken care of. And, and I mean that, like, that's all we really know how to do. So, uh, 
we saw this amazing video of you and your son making banana bread a couple days oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, nope. I'm guessing you have like probably maybe one day off ish right now. So, yeah. You know what we decided <laughs> to do is uh, actually just close all together on Sunday. Um, okay. Cause we're on such a bare minimum crew that the, the model at the moment doesn't really work without the five of us in one form or another. And right. You know, you could, we went, first I'd say 16 days straight of doing all this and I don't mind I you know but I was you know we needed a minute to catch up and I was like let's shut down on Sunday and it worked out well for everybody everyone got a full day off some with their family because you know what you know at the same time that you know the, the negative of this is everyone's out of work but the positive people get to spend a lot of time with their families and you know my team doesn't like, and that's, they're not complaining. I'm not either. I'm blessed to have a job and be able to work and produce, but mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we still have a day that families that are home need help and need us and need things. So for me, it was, you know, my one day off and I've been cooking for everybody else for the past two weeks. Yeah. I was like, time to cook for the family. And, uh, you know, he was, it's funny. Ace is, uh, he's so cute. My son, he's three and a half now. And the minute I, if I go to the do anything, I want to help. And he like pushes his little stool over the stove, like across the kitchen. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, it could be anything. It could be like, I just turn it on. And he goes, are you cooking dad? I'm like, all right. So I was like, what do you want to make? Buddy? Um, and I had a bunch of bananas. And I was like, want to make banana bread? And he's like, yeah, he was going to take it. He took a nap. And I was like, you up for your nap? We'll make banana bread. He's like, okay. Took his nap. I passed out on the couch. He wakes <laughs> up and he comes up to me and goes, dad, we have things to do. And I was like, oh, oh man. I looked at him. I was like, All right, what do we got to do, buddy? He goes, well, we have to make banana bread. But you said we have to get eggs. And I was like, I'm like well, how, what, what did you turn Whoa. into like a 35 year old? I was like, what? And I was right. like, <laughs> so he was all, you know, I was like, all right, bud. So I got up, we went out, we got our eggs, did our thing. And, you know, and he's, uh, he gets really excited about it. I think because he thinks, you know, I think he sees me cooking all the time. And the best part about opening the restaurant too was, you know, we get to spend some time with him and, you know, he sits on the counter and he'll hang out, watch me cook, expedite, whatever, while we're in service. And he really likes it. So I think, you know, it was a fun opportunity for him to be able to cook and hang out. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's something that really blessed that I get to do that with him. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, it was, came out good too. <laughs> yeah. yeah keep posting awesome. the videos because yeah. all positivity and happiness is a good thing. Seeing yeah. So that's what I figured. I was going to come up with a couple other, other things that he likes to eat. And I think we're going to make a little, like a uh, little series of like Ace's recipes or Ace's cookbook or something. Yeah. That's so you know, awesome. Because you know, I figured there's so many other families at home that, you know, with kids and, you know, there's a lot of safe, simple way, like banana bread, there's no cooking until it goes in the oven, right? And there's nothing yeah, to yeah. cut. So it's like really simple in regards to all dry ingredients, the wet ingredients. There's no cutting and mincing and chopping. That yeah. It's all simple. Like scale it all out, let the kids throw it in the bowl, mix it up, have fun with it. It's a pretty, you know, low effort and, and low risk, low risk recipe. So I want to come up with some of those for some more people. And I'll start putting them on our Instagram and, and load them up for people to be able to access to them. And they want to phone with their kids again, you know? That's right. awesome. How are you keeping up morale in the restaurant? Doing positive. You know, they, <laughs> you know, it's, You're pasting the smile on. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? I don't even have to. Honestly, our team is really, it's every day that, I, and I think a positive thing is that that our little like post-service recap of how we did for the day and knowing that, you know, we're contributing. And on top of that, we're, we start our day off. Those meals get picked up by 12. So by noon, we've already fed people that need it. And it's a positive thing. We get excited. And honestly, you know, the the fact that the city is in such a dire situation and restaurants left and right are closing that 
the minute tickets start coming in, like that in itself is inspiring. We're like, oh, it's about. a people, blessing. People yeah. care, they order. Like, and I don't care if it's two dollars or if it's a hundred dollars. It's like awesome. We get to do something and contribute. And I think, uh, you know, I, I've I'm really really fortunate. We've got a really loyal team of people that that want to be here. That you know, even when I open, like they left jobs that that they had that were you know anything from chef level jobs or whatever to be a part of the team and part of the growth. And you know, the fact that we're still here and, and pushing along means a lot to them. And you know, I just try to stay positive and keep giving them things to do and, and things to get excited about and look forward to. And that's the more things I can plan and schedule. I'll be honest, it's, it's a, on the phone all day long trying to say, what can we do with this? Who needs help with that? Um, to try to just keep, keep things moving forward and keep people pushing and producing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, it's weird because every morning we both all show up to work and it's like, you're extra happy to be shown up to work. You know, yeah, and it's, I don't true. think it'll get, I don't think it lost on people for a long time in general, right? Like, I don't think anyone's been so excited to try to go back to work. And it's, you know, the faster we can get that happening for people, the better. Yeah, I bet it's not lost on your team, Chef, because, I mean, you can you can talk to Louie about it. Louie's out of work right now. Yeah. And, I mean, she wants to, she wants to, we're kitchen rats. We want to be in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't so, seen the rest of my team from for a while now. And um, being forced to look at dead and dying restaurants and take pictures of them. It's kind of depressing. I saw you a couple of weeks ago and it was really yeah. pretty grim that day. And yeah, uh, yeah. That, was, that was a tough day. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That, was, that was, you know, there were some of those days that it was, I was, you know, you're doing them like every day. Even now it's like you're doing math in your head all day long. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. So we have, you know, oh boy. And then a few tickets come in. You're like, oh, that's all I needed. Thank you. Like, that's all like you really just, not talking about a lot of a lot of revenue here to, to be able to survive, but you know, adapting and adapting to business is really, you know, fortunately, this concept in general was kind of a a beta test into you know all the restaurants that I have that are that are coming that are more sit down or whatever. But you know, I think this one was a unique opportunity to kind of work on a fast casual chef driven concept that you know it got inspired when I was working. You know, I opened and ran all the restaurants from Tower Group in LA and. LA is one of the first cities that really took that big, big minimum wage increase. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was across the board. So it was servers, it was dishwashers, it was, it didn't matter. The minimum wage for anybody was higher than, you know, most of the rock star cooks get paid in other cities. It was, it was a big hit. And I, it was no matter what you did, and our restaurants were so big, right? Tao, I mean, even Tao LA is a small restaurant. It was still 300 seats, right? For Tower yeah. Group, it was one of our smaller ones. Um, and, you know, those kitchens are designed to have specifically the square footage. You need six cooks minimum. And that's yeah. like tight, right? Usually yeah. on a decent service, you have eight guys working the line. And, you know, sales, the, the minimum threshold that needed to get, you know, minimum food sales or sales to, to hit your numbers was getting higher and higher based on payroll. And then, you know, efficiency so and things did. like that was this kind of funky hybrid fast casual where you go up and order at the counter and everyone from a cook to the chef to the dishwasher, someone's bringing your food out, right? Like it's coming to you down. So it's like hospitality driven fast casual, but again, you know, people wear multiple hats and kind of try to to reconfigure it that way. Well, I know we're going to steamroll into a situation like this where, you know, thankfully the natural baseline operating cost is much lower than it would be if it was designed differently. And it seems to be working out. And also it's 
forcibly fine-tuning the concept a little bit and uh, yeah. make a little more streamlined. And on top of that, let's be honest, like, I don't want to scare anybody, but you know, we're going to come out of this in much more of a recession market, right? Because people haven't been right. working. Mm-hmm. And to be able to build that expendable income back up is going to be a bit of a challenge. And I think that's why I've, we're going to be super price sensitive for a long time, like we usually are. And I think that, you know, hopefully this can provide, we have a couple, two more of these were in the works when this hit the fan. Um, they're not canceled. They're just on pause. Fortunately, you know, I think that I'm hoping that this concept can, can grow when this is, when this is all over and provide some more jobs for people in a market that we've done the, the nitty gritty work of, of kind of fine tuning the, the price point to be efficient and make money for the business to survive and be able to provide jobs. I'm hoping that this concept can carry us a little, you know, a little bit of momentum and keep going to be able to provide some work. And also more importantly for everyone on the, uh, that's listening that is worried when this is over or even now about money and what they're going to do, like you'll be able to eat here for, you know, as minimal as we can make it, but at least you know, you're getting something that's thought out purchased correctly and is the right quality is really what we're trying to accomplish. Right. Yeah. You're, you're playing it down chef because honestly, I mean, that food is fucking badass. And one of the things <laughs> that like I've learned in this troubled time period, and I'm going to learn and hopefully remember is that, you know, I can drive 30 minutes. <laughs> There's something about Las Vegas people and Henderson people. We just think like, Oh my God, I can't go down to graffiti bow cause it's 25 minutes away. And, and you know, that was like the excuse here. Cause I always wanted oh, yeah. to go, yeah, but I, it's like, but fuck that dude. I do anything to like be in a restaurant right now, 25 right. minutes away. So, so one of the things yeah. that I've learned is, you know, I'm going to go to Summerlin. I'm going to fucking, you know, drive over to Esther's downtown. I'm going to go to all these places that are far from my house because fuck it, I can do it. Like yeah. I have the freedom yeah. to do it. And, uh, you know, like we really hope that for you. And we really believe that that's going to happen because holy crap, like one of my favorite things that I put on my mouth last year was, and that sounds so dirty, was the fucking Royale with cheese bow. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That like is if you haven't had it, people out there, holy crap, you need to have it. It's basically like a bow and like a, a really delicious burger, like making love in your mouth. Yeah. So yeah. that's what we're uh, awesome. Saying, yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking good. He wasn't kidding when he was like talking about hybrids. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. So yeah, was, uh, yeah. It was one of those things where it was that came out of a uh, you know being a T-Mobile Arena because we're also in there. We're actually where the concept was developed for that originally. And I was like, what, you know, I love going to games and was going to games before we opened in there. And you know, I love burgers. I like eating at games, but you know, you're sitting down, it's clunky, weird. And I was like, shove the cheeseburger in a bow bun. I was like, yeah. so that kind of evolved into that. And here we are. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. It works. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, yeah. we're going to be there, dude. We're going to be I appreciate there. It. Thank you. We're going to switch gears to on the fly oh, boy. with Chef Mark Maroney and Louie, you got a timer ready? Yeah, wait, wait, wait. We're going to do... I prematurely started it. Oh, here we go. Okay, 60 seconds, rapid fire questions with Chef Mark starting. Starting now. Now, what food is most comforting to you? Pizza. Best tool for your job. Best tool for my job? Spoon. Cat or dog person? Dog. Best binge-worthy show? Right now it's Tiger King. Got a oh, God. oh man, that's number one on the everybody's yeah. list. <laughs> Ozark. Uh, uh, dream place to travel and eat. Oof. Um, I, I crossed it off the list by going to Vietnam last year, and I think next is going to be Thailand. Out of all places, I have not been. 
Let's all go. I'm in. G- guilty pleasure. Whew. Um, that's a that's a tough one. I think, uh, you know, guilty pleasure, I'm a sweets person, like a sweets addict. Like, I'll eat ice cream like it's nobody's business. Oh, dang. Have you tried a Paradise City Creamery? You got to do that. Holy crap. Um, first thing you're going to do when this pandemic is over. Take a shot of Jameson and drink a beer at a bar with a bunch of people. We're still going to finish these questions because I need to know. Yeah, let's do it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Childhood food craving. Childhood food craving was chicken tenders. Still an adult craving of mine. That's awesome. Okay. Favorite Corona Apocalypse beverage. Corona Apocalypse Jameson. Of course. <laughs> How do you relax? Or is that even a word you know right now? Relax? Uh, yeah. It doesn't go well, but I usually, <laughs> you know hang out and smoke and relax it's about what? it it's the only nice. way to put it off you don't like bubble baths <laughs> oh, bubble baths and candles is not my thing and me posting my legs in a bubble bath is definitely not something you wants to see so, so <laughs> right? strawberries yeah, exactly right this is a very important question go ahead Louie your go-to kitchen jam go-to kitchen jam hmm that's a good one uh we blast a lot of uh, Luke Combs and um, in general in our kitchen here. We're hanging out and cleaning up. So it probably, yeah, probably any Luke, any Luke Combs song is definitely always a rock and roll jammer here. And, and any 80s tune is definitely where we rock. We rock also. Nice. Awesome. All right, Chef, we're going to give you one last chance to sell it for Graffiti Bow. Tell us what's going on, the deets, what's going on, what's up. Well, you know, right now we're uh, Graffiti Bow. We're in the Southwest on Buffalo and Warm Springs, and we're still open for curbside and delivery pickup. And we're doing 30% off anybody that's in need of, of, of a little hand and a little bit of help. Um, and we're also doing some kids, you know, feeding kids as long as we're open and, you know, doing our best to, to do some kick-ass Southeast Asian-inspired food with uh, bow buns. And that's about it. So come on yes. in. Yeah. Chef Mark Maroney, thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. you guys. Grab yourselves a freaking Royale with cheese. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> Definitely. Cool. Okay. Cool. All, right, All right. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Get back Bye. to work. Thank you. Yeah. 86. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. We love subscribers almost as much as we love food. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review. And check out Two Sharp Chefs, that's with a number two, on Instagram and Facebook, as well as our WordPress blog. Email us with any questions and ideas at twosharpchefs at gmail.com. And Louie, we stream new episodes every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. It's been a pleasure. We're 86th. Till next week.